everybody. Thanks for listening to In The Band, the podcast. If you're someone who's tuned in before, you'll be noticing that it's been quite a while since I've posted an episode. I have a lot of catching up to do, but just to give excuses, it's been a busy few months. I've been working on finally trying to finish up a record for my own project called Nona, and you can check all that stuff out. I'm going to promote myself right here, right now. I'm doing it currently. Uh, You can't really find me on the internet. It's actually kind of hard, but if you go on Spotify, you can find N-O-N-A, Nona, or Facebook. I think it's Nona Sounds, Nona the Band on Instagram. Okay, I'm done. Sorry about that. And I've been trolling a lot with a couple of different bands, but I'm home now. I'm home for a while. I'm going to start posting episodes again, and Unfortunately, that's going to be part of this whole journey that we do with this podcast is sometimes I might fall off for a few months. It's very hard to stay on top of stuff when I'm trying to balance a career because I don't make any money from this. I'm sure some people can relate. I'm sure maybe everybody can relate to that. But anyway, enough about that. I'm sorry. I'm back. Hello. This episode is with a good friend of mine named Alex Morans, and his band is called Dee Walker. I interviewed him a few months back, actually, and I've been meaning to put this episode out, but we had a great talk in my room. He's a very interesting guy and a fun guy because he feels like a kindred spirit to me. He's played in a ton of different bands. I met him a few years ago while on tour, and he's now been playing mainly with Bare Hands, who, if you haven't heard of them, they rock, and I did a tour with them a while back. He's been touring with Foles and Ex-Ambassadors with them, He's been in the studio working on his next EP. He has a show August 20th at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn, New York. But also just a like genuinely sweet guy, someone you want to be on tour with. And fun to hang out with in any situation and super supportive. So I like to keep people like that close because those relationships are really special and hard to find. But I hope you enjoy our conversation because we talk a lot about just being in our shoes and how to try to navigate the waters of expanding your sphere of influence for what you have when you've spent so much time in other people's. So I hope you enjoy our conversation and go check him out and maybe go check me out. But uh, thanks for tuning in. I have, do you, is it Marins or Mar- Marans? Uh, most people pronounce it the second way. It's the first way. Yeah. Marins. Yeah. I have Alex Marins in my room. Um, and this is a little bit tur- turning of events. What, what is, what, what do you say? The ties have turned a little bit because usually when turned. I've interviewed people in my bedroom, yeah. Dot, my dog is like all over them and on their laps. And I don't think it's you. She's yeah. just in a really funny like mood today. And so. Okay. She, she just is like begging for attention from me, but I think it'll be all right. She'll probably fall asleep on my lap. That's cool. But uh, it makes me feel special. So yeah. I'm not trying to rub <laughs> you it. You are special. <laughs> um, but uh, you're in town from New York for like a month. Yeah, and through uh, through to this fly date, um, and then and then through to this tour. Um, yeah, so, so I'm here through like the next couple of weeks. All right. 
And you're here, you're working on your album. Right, yeah. The uh, D.D. Walker record. Exactly, yeah. And um, before we get into the D.D. Walker stuff, maybe if you can explain like where you're at in your career right now as, as a musician. Um, that's a good question. It's the first I've been asked that. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, so shit, I, I guess, enough. yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I got off my last big kind of touring project, um, you know, because I, I wanted to start my own thing mm-hmm. and I spent probably that next year kind of, under underground just like kind of stowed away working on what that would writing kind of and recording be like writing recording and the project that you were stepping away from was Atlas was atlas genius, genius right yeah. and um how long were you with atlas i was genius? with atlas for two years um and it was like a pretty pretty solid touring schedule mm-hmm. and that band seems to just always find ways to tour yeah constantly. yeah they're they're always always doing something for sure um and I, you know, I found I had, I had amassed all these songs that I, I really wasn't having the time to kind of flesh out and work on and mm-hmm. kind of like didn't have enough time between tours to kind of breathe and let the songs breathe and, and kind of let them grow into what they were going to be. Um, and so, you know, I, I made a, the tough call to, you know, step away from this thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh. And, you know, spend that next year kind of like, you know, again, like just stowed away, um, not, not really playing. Um, Mm -hmm. and I did a tour here or there, um, this amazing artist, Gavin Turek, um, who's You play with Gavin Turek? Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I did a, I did a week with her. It was a a really short run in like East coast. It just like, was it this, you know, thing she got offered and and I played a bunch of shows with her. Get out of here. And it, cause I played, I still do off and on with this group called gold room. And oh, I know Gold Room. She opened up for us on a West Coast run. We've talked about Gold Room because we, I think, on the Bare Hands Atlas Genius tour, I was asking what else you did. And oh yeah, you were talking about Nona and then Gold Room, and he had just had like an accident or something. Yeah, he broke his neck. Yeah, <laughs> small I, little thing. Yeah, um, he's all right. No. Yeah, he's he's like fully recovered. Amazing. It's the weirdest thing where yeah. your friend breaks his neck and is completely fine like six months later, basically. I, Maybe a little bit longer. He had like a neck brace on for months and yeah, like we we finally played a show like three months after he broke his neck that's and like he had unreal. to wear a brace for the show. But I'm glad great, that great didn't attitude become about like it. the thing. Yeah, no, the gold room thing, the neck brace at every show. He wrote a lot of music like in that time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't know, just crazy, <laughs> crazy well, thing. Yeah, that no, that's so wild. Yeah, um, yeah, I re- I remember you talking about that and just being like, and he's fine. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> he's gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. So the the gold room, the whole band would play with with Gavin. Uh, well, we like we didn't play. We, she would she opened for us oh, yeah, okay, yeah. On, right. like, on like a west coast run yep. and then like yep. I've gone to a bunch of her local shows here sure. and uh, we've we've done a couple other local shows where we've had had her out and, sure uh, she's so good live oh my god the moves yeah the dance moves <laughs> she's it's relentless like her, it's like her own thing there's not yeah. a lot of artists doing what she's doing and no. it, yeah it's the, pretty cool the first show that we did with her um uh and she started doing the thing. I was like, 
oh, I got to move more. Oh my God. I'm like, or I have to move less. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, like just stand out. I, yeah. Like let her take the I show. Need to, like I need to like digest this like very much. It's a performance. You yeah. Know? It's not just like, she's not just like singing. She on really stage. puts on a show. Yeah. Um, actually funny thing. We, you know, we were playing, uh, at the knitting factory and she told me and the drummer Danny who plays with, um, great, good, fine. Okay. And I think is going to be going out on a run with Rye. Or I think that's the name of the group. R-H-Y-E. Hmm. Um, she's like, hey, um, <clears throat> don't freak out, but Quest Love's coming to the show. Coming to the Knitting Factory. And, you know, bass player, drummer, we're looking at each yeah. other like, oh, shit. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's really look at it. Let's keep an eye yeah. on it tonight. Yeah. You know, not like we're like you know, all like, over the place. Yeah. Usually it's just like, like not like you were planning on fucking up a lot if right, he wasn't there. <laughs> right. But now we're definitely thinking about, yeah, please let's not fuck up tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stayed for the whole show, which is like, you know, I don't feel quest love is the kind of guy that's sticking around for something. He's not. Yeah. You know? Um, and he bought like most, all of the merch. Really? It's like, I want all of it. I want to <laughs> buy the merch. Like one of each or like all like the all, t-shirts? Like all of the t-shirts. Oh, okay. That's um, so sweet. Yeah. Super sweet. And, you know, he's he's a, you know, he's a historian. He's like such a fan of music. Mm. He's like an encyclopedia in, in itself. But so just like having him there was like. Yeah, totally. You're, this is on your radar. And I'm sure he spins Gavin and his DJ sets, you know. Yeah. But the next day we played in Philly. <clears throat> and sure enough, Questlove's there. He came down to he Philly came, to see the show? And he said, um, you know, my, uh, um, my mom's here and I was visiting, so I figured I'd come through the show. That's cool. Like, did he bring his mom to the show? He did not bring his mom to the okay. show. Okay. But he came through. Where'd you and, guys play? Sorry. Uh, Johnny Brenda's small okay. room. Yeah. Um, I mean, but cozy. It's like, it's a cool, cool little room. Um, and he comes in and like the whole crowd notices him you know it's he like, goes uh, up yeah you can't you know. in johnny brenda's it's pretty easy to uh, yeah. spot but he went up love. he went upstairs and like is just sitting up in the corner like mm. kind of lording over the, the yeah. show in a way he he wasn't like that was my like projection of yeah, what was yeah. going on i'm like oh god um and the show went great and we played it and then afterwards he's hanging out by merch like, mm. you know, him and Gavin are chatted up and, um, and like people are asking for his autograph and whatever. Mm. Um, one of the guys in the band was like, we got to get a photo with Questlove. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's just like, let's like just have a chat yeah. with this amazing encyclopedia person. Yeah. Like instead of making him a novelty, let's right, just exactly. talk to yeah. him like another musician. And, um, I, he had these amazing silver, silver, uh, glasses on. Mm. And I was like, where'd you get the glasses? And he's like, actually, um, the lead singer of Devo and I were doing this thing for like the Lego movie, like performing that everything is awesome or whatever. Yeah. And I gave him the same compliment. He's like, here, have them. I put them on and I'm like, man, are these prescription? Like (laughs) Devo's guy just gave him his prescription glasses (laughs) glasses <laughs> just because he liked them it's like how are you gonna so, see man so did he just like put new lenses in yeah, them? yeah yeah oh my but, god but i was like All right. but that's like a uh, a higher barrier of entry when it comes to gifting someone the glasses you're wearing when it's your prescription yeah i don't need to see and you know just deal with this yeah yeah i'll go blind for a bit yeah 
Um, That's amazing. So the cap of the story is um, Questlove took us, the band and Gavin, to late night sushi after. So from midnight to like two in the morning, we're just getting sushi with getting Questlove. sushi with Questlove. And was it good sushi? It was good sushi. Yeah, they, yeah. But he also gave us like a twenty minute rundown of uh, of the last Obama party, which he DJed. Like the last Obama administration party. Wow. Yeah. The give you. How the, does that? He's like, hey, do you guys want to hear something that like <laughs> no one actually would know about at and all? Is, and is epic. Yeah. Yeah, wow. we got the full story, and it came from asking him about DJing and like, you know, BPMs and, um, you know, key signature choices. And he said, you know, I almost gave up on DJing and it was at this party. And so here's the story. And I guess the one takeaway, there are a couple of takeaway quotes, but one was, it was a, I don't drink, but when nothing but a gangster party is playing in the background and Obama hands you some Hennessy, you drink that shit. <laughs> in the White House. I want that in a t- on a t-shirt. Yeah, I want that on my tombstone. <laughs> when Ob- Well, just even when Obama hands you Hennessy, you drink it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's solid. Um, the very end of the story, and that's the end of my, like, the longest <laughs> name, <laughs> the longest name drop I've ever <laughs> done in my life, is uh, saying goodbye. Like, at this super cool night, I took a slow motion trip and fall in front of him. Like on accident? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, totally yeah. on accident. Yeah. It was just like, I said no. Cause it's like, Oh God, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I yeah, did yeah. Um, yeah. I tripped on like a, like one of the, like a, a step <laughs> and he like almost whisper, like whisper yelled, like watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Questlove. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so touring with Gavin Turek is great. You meet cool people with Gavin Turek. Yeah, um, she's and and yeah, she's like one of the sweetest people I've ever toured with. And was that in the that so that was like you left Atlas Genius, you started work on Dee Dee Walker stuff. Yep. And then like that popped up, so you did some shows with her mid mid studio. Yeah, the and that was <clears throat> yeah, that was like towards where I was like kind of getting burnt out on the songs, and it was just like a great. Whenever I'm getting burnt out on the record I'm doing, which mm-hmm. inevitably happens because I obsess over everything, mm-hmm. um, going out and doing shows with other people and just like playing another person's music and getting that energy. Oh, it can be super it's inspirational. such a nice refresher and getting to take that crowd's energy. It just, you know, it just changes the DNA of your energy. Just yeah. going out and doing that and seeing a different response from what your own music gets um it it just makes you want to get if you have a positive experience with that crowd you inevitably want to bring that to your thing at least the energy there and and so things do happen like on a subconscious level to the way you're hearing your music after that experience so totally i mean anytime you see people positively react to something or to to music yeah i probably like somewhere deep in your mind it logs that information of like people liked this mm-hmm. <laughs> like this made people feel good yeah no there's totally that that like kind of long feedback loop from the show energy back to the creating process yeah. and like what that's going to do and just i think you know in a way it's like it's a different form of of writing with people mm-hmm. like performing with other people like it it's all going to come back you know yeah like if you know with with 
with Motown, those guys going like super throwback, but like with the Motown session guys being jazz players and playing in the clubs every night. Yeah. They're like, Hey, you remember that little bar of four we did last Mm. night? Let's like riff on that. And it becomes like a three minute pop song. Yeah. Like just the more you do in different avenues with other people, you know, it doesn't matter where or how. Well, even, I mean, that translates to if you're a drummer, um, but then you were like, oh, I want to learn how to play piano too. Getting better at piano is going to make you a better drummer. Totally. Get, like Getting better at any other part of music is making you better at that main thing that you're working on. Yeah. So it, it's all influential. Totally. And that's been an interesting thing about, um, you know, going from Atlas where I was doing bass um, to Bare Hands where I'm doing kind of lead guitar stuff. Yeah. And picking up, um, you know, where Ted left off and kind of filling that in. Which, um, which you, when did you start, when did you join Bare um, Hands? I was asked at the beginning of last year, um, to send them, uh, a video of me playing 2AM. Um, and so I sent that through, well, I 2 AM is one of their songs yeah, for people yeah, who don't know. Right. And, um, there are two guitar parts. So I asked TJ, the drummer, and I was like, Hey, there are two guitar parts. Do you want me playing the first one, the second one, or both at the same time? Yeah. And um, I kind of screwed myself with that because then I had to like amalgamate two parts into one. Because they were like, oh, well, since now that's an option, why don't you do both? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like backtrack on. Yeah. <laughs> Tossing that out. <laughs> Can't do that. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I had to figure out some things with that just even in terms of like, like reverb trails and stuff yeah. of clicking on clicking off stuff while i'm you know it was a lot it was Which involved i will say what was the tour you guys just did walk the moon walk the moon yeah and you posted this video and you were playing guitar with them on yeah. one of their big songs right uh so it was it was agora by bare hands um which is one of their songs off distraction and um and they three of them came out to a company so eli came out on guitar and oh, then, that's a bare hands on the bone. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and then exactly. you play that da, 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 like yeah. riff. Yeah, the, uh, you know, sorry for people who are listening. I'm sidetracking <laughs> you, but in that video, the actual guitar tone you had on that mm. is so good. I was, oh. It was like almost upsetting to me because I was thinking, like, I feel like I can get tones, but I don't know how I'd get that tone. It's so it actually like the reverb, everything yeah. about it. It was it sounds awesome. Well. Thank you. Um, it, it, I had to, I had to like design my rig very specifically for yeah. it. Cause they're, you know, bear, the, the bare hands dudes are, are like super, super specific on tone stuff. And the mm-hmm. fact that I don't have a Gibson, um, well, hopefully they don't listen to this and they're like, dude, you don't know our fucking, that's our song. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm editing this shit. I'm, I'm making yeah, myself sound edit better. It down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can pull that part or leave it. I'll um, probably, I'll probably just leave yeah, it. Leave yeah. It. It's, it's good. <laughs> but yeah, that in that video, um, Kevin and, and Nick and Eli come out for that. Um, I didn't realize going out on the tour that, that they genuinely are, you know, serious fans of the band and so you know eli and them like by show number five their sound checks i think it was one show specifically we were playing it um their whole sound check was bare hand songs <laughs> they had a giants agora and like one or two other ones but yeah on the last night of the tour um 
you know, we just, they decided to come out and do it with us. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was one of the cool, one of the cooler moments I've had on stage. Just it having awesome on the video you posted. It was so fun, man. I mean, and, uh, and lucky who was, uh, who plays drums in the hives and was in the Griswolds, um, and is there, uh, percussion um aux uh fifth fifth member kind of live member um he came out and did stuff too and it was just like it was so fun having that many people on stage Mm -hmm. and just like to accomplish all the things yeah and uh, yeah just like having a second guitar on that song specifically i was like oh yeah there it is cool and then we came out at the end of their last song and jumped around like a bunch of idiots yeah yeah less cool we were less cool (laughs) (laughs) it's always when like end of tour like you want to like do something and it's so i i now just air so much on the like unless we like really think this is going to be cool let's not do it because i feel like i could so easily look like an asshole oh i i i look like it i definitely look like a jackass when i came out to like at the end of the walk the moon yeah song but (laughs) I will I, like also the like the amount of natural chemicals that were released like going out and like thrashing with, with them <laughs> was like yeah of course you're looking like an idiot like, yeah yeah you're feeling too many things to <laughs> not look like an idiot um, we do it, the moth and the flame when I was when I back when I was with them we opened up for Imagine Dragons mm. and on our last tour in Eng- our last show of the tour in England we were trying to think of what to do and all the guys were like Mike you just go out in your underwear and I was like. <laughs> Uh, like yeah. why, why is everyone, ha- why is this the idea? Yeah. But then like, that was the starting idea. Um, it was like the only thing they could think of. Interesting. And, uh, and then their tour manager was like, well, we throw out like all these big balloons that like blow up with confetti. Why don't you guys do that? And they're like, yeah, you do that in your underwear though. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Has to be in the underwear. And, uh, like ran out and then Dan Reynolds ended up like picking me up and carrying me around the stage. Get And then I was able to here. edit it and made it look like, uh, like blurred out my underwear and just look like I'm butt naked in front of like thousands of people. That's pretty incredible. And it was like, none of my friends were there cause it yeah. was in like born myth England. So I just, just yeah, no. I got a good kick out of sending that around to my family and they were like, you did not, you did not go out I naked. Sure and did. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. I did. And then England baby. Like, no, there's a video, <laughs> Tour, there's a video of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in my underwear. I don't know. You might want to get in touch with management, see if you can really, really spin that thing. Yeah. I don't know. Now you you just finished up uh, this last run with bare hands with right. then that was the walk the moon tour. Yep, yep. How has it been for you? Was it was it a were you conflicted about taking the gig when like you were trying to work on Dee Dee Walker? Yeah, it was it was funny going out on that run after like some of the you know there were a lot of blog write ups for for yeah, you had the, great press for, for your yeah EP. for the first single. Um, it's funny I call it an EP, but it's it really is just like a single with four B sides. Mm-hmm. Is how I've thought about it. But you can't. I guess if I don't know. I mean, I I like that spin better almost too. Cause yeah, I have a weird thing about EPs. Cause yeah, EPs are weird. Like, like it's easier for like if you were just like this is an EP. Like, well, no one, no one's ever. When's the last time you've ever heard anyone say like, "Oh man, I still listen to that EP." Never. <laughs> no <laughs> one ever heard that. They have no shelf life. Like, yeah. They they they're so disposable. Yeah. But you could be like, "Well, this single came out." Right. And it preluded to like an album or something. Exactly. 
so yeah, you know, I, I think of it, that EP is really just, it's a single with four B sides, you know, and that's like, that's kind of always what I intended, but, um, you know, it's got the EP title attached to it, but you know, the way I think of it is that, but you know, in going out on that run with all these blog write-ups, the, the blogs were kind of like, you know, and now DD's breaking out on his own and, you know, breaking away from the touring musician thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but I also like, this is like what I do, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's also when you get when you get offered something and it's like well, that would be fun, you know. Yeah. And plus, like I'm sure you feel the same way when you stepped away from Atlas Genius because you were like, "Well, I just toured a lot the last two years," right. and then you spent a lot of time not touring, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Man, I kind of yeah, want to do it. I love touring. It, that was like, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you need that balance. I don't think you can be doing all of it all the time. I think that's a kind of a quick way to burn well, out you need to have a life yeah especially if you want to be a writer exactly and there's only so much there's so much um uh recycled experience that you get on tour of like yeah this yeah. was fun that was a crazy night but also like how many crazy nights have i just had like it's right. not new so yeah i think some of that i need to have like relationships again i need to like experience what it's like to be a human in the world sure because you can't just write about being on tour because no. guess who can relate to that <laughs> Very few just, people. Yeah, only just other touring musicians. Tour. It's a small, small pool. And guess what? I don't think touring musicians give a shit about songs about being on tour they, because, like, I everyone experiences it differently too. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you have the monopoly on touring experience. Yeah, like, no one wants to. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, you gotta live life to then write about that life. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really throw on like, on the road again or whatever that song is. Like, <laughs> it's not really like. Yeah, like although "Wanted Dead or Alive" by Bon Jovi is not my go-to. The Towns Van Sant, the song, uh, um, what is it? Close your eyes, I'll be here in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that that's song. A good one. That's one of the only ones where it's like he 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 doesn't exactly say it, but it's obviously like because he's a touring Tour musician. Yeah, but it's just like, oh man, that that's a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like a lot of the Eagles material is definitely tour related. I'm not going to go any further than that. I'm not going to take a stance on <laughs> that Let's one. not go into the Eagles right It's now. a divisive topic. <laughs> is it polarizing? I think so. I don't know if Big Lebowski Someone listening is like, son of a bitch, I'm, I'm done enough of <laughs> I'm this. I'm out. Yeah. Tapping out. Yeah, yeah, I like that podcast until they talked about the goddamn Eagles. <laughs> and someone's like, the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, and... <laughs> I mean, it's your beef with Philly. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we, there are all these blogs that kind of constructed the narrative and... I don't know, like maybe some of my answers to questions kind of aided in that of like, yeah, he's done touring with, with bands, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I mean, I, I love, I love the, the artists that like are comfortable going out and playing with other people. I mean, yeah, big example, but like John Mayer just going on stage and like doing a solo with Sean Mendez or like, you know, like a producer like Ariel Reichshade or however you say his last name going out with, oh, Whoa. does not like that producer <laughs> at all. Sorry. I'm sorry. She heard something outside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she was like, don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. um, Sore subject. Well, yeah, because it's like, especially when 
I know I feel like we're kind of similar in that regard. We're both in similar places where yeah. we play with other bands a lot and also have our own thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give up either. Yeah. Like I but it's very easy for people to be like for t- to look at you're like you're like Dee Dee Walker. It'd be right. easy to then be like, oh, it's a side project. When you're like, it's exactly. actually my main project. Yeah. But I also like, like, but because my day job is playing in other people's bands, right. it makes it look like it's my side project. Kind yeah, of a thing. for sure. Because I, think... I don't want to. I don't like. I'd rather go and have a great experience, meet new people, uh, and play shows rather than work at a bar again or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, and I think. Um... It's about establishing. Oh, oh hey, there it is. Dog What's just up? transferred over to yeah, Alex. We're here. <laughs> She's gonna try to lick your face. Yeah. That's I don't have a hand did. free, so. <laughs> the more the no more use. you struggle, it's like a it's yeah. like a finger trap. Yeah. <laughs> the more you struggle, the more she wants to kiss you. Right. right. But she'll, she'll I can't remember it. what I was saying. Uh, we were talking about uh, way cooler. <laughs> I'm uh, just um. Yeah, the uh, Side it's project, a fine line, project and line. I think like, you know, I think that balance of like um, communicating the work you're doing with a project that's not yours, and then kind of having that aesthetically fit with what you're doing, mm-hmm. and not having it overshadow the forward motion of um, of your thing is, you know, it's a tough it's a tough balance, obviously. Yeah. Especially yeah, when it's like you're trying to get this off the ground, and then you go and play with a band that's well established. Right? Does that like? And then it's like everything's it's it's easy to compare them to each other, and then it's sure. like, oh well, this looks like a small thing in comparison. Right. But when you were just in Brooklyn playing a show, it's like, oh, it's this fresh new thing that's right. exciting. Yeah. yeah, and I think, I think one positive is that my music doesn't sound like the project that I play for. Yeah, you know, like my. My music is so steeped in like, you know, like Peter Gabriel, Tears for Fears, Prince. Um, I get the Phil Collins thing a lot. Um, I thought Springsteen a little bit too. I'm down with that. Yeah. Do you, did do other people say I've that? Gotten uh, more War on Drugs, but you know. Yeah. Like same. The, the War on Drugs version of Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I look at those as pretty pretty similar. Yeah. Um, or like you know Don Henley comes up to. Um, sorry to bring up anything Eagles related again for the people <laughs> that <damn> don't. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. We're done. Um, but yeah, I think you know it's it's a it's a line that I that I continue to navigate. You know, there there are other tours coming up with Bare Hands this year, mm-hmm. and um, you know there there are windows in which I'm going to be releasing and doing Dee Dee Walker shows, and then so you're planning it in between those gaps. And yeah, yeah. I, I guess in a way it can give you a structure of like, all right, well I know now this is when I'll book a show. Yeah, it's almost what... like an you know an independent release schedule in a way yeah. without a label it's just like all right here are your windows and it's kind of helpful to have yeah if, like, you have the, <laughs> if you do the open-ended chinese democracy guns and roses vibe where you're writing a record for 10 years it's like yeah you know with no with no framework you know if you say like okay these are the windows you don't have to you know to do this mm. um then i think that you can be more fatalist with like oh i have to buy you know yeah this time. totally um but yeah i mean with uh with the dd stuff um you know it's it's pretty new you know there's one release out 
and you know the EP came out or single extended single mm-hmm. whatever it is um, came out uh, on um, January fourth. Did you release that independently? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I you know my goal with with the with this first release, this first like single with B sides was um, was to to have no help on mm-hmm. it really. You know whatever whatever it could reach was going to be just like completely organic. Yeah. And you know, just almost like as a, as a marketing test, kind of like a, Oh, you said a, you did the press yourself, right? Yeah. I did all the press That's myself. That's unbelievable to me because you got such good press on it. And I, I did use submit hub for some of it. And then mm. I, I reached out to some of the folks that, you know, that had been kind of, you know, Atlas fans and reached out to me when I left and, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, uh, but I, what I wanted was to see what can this project do with zero team. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, with those humble numbers, being able to step back, do this new stuff. And then, you know, with some of the folks who've reached out since, you know, emerging as a new artist, um, you know, to see what that, what that, what that jump will look like. You yeah. Know, the, and, and because, because the numbers are humble or because it was an organic release with no help, um, you know, the hope is that there's a, there is a noticeable jump to, yeah. the, to the next one. Totally. Um, it's also cool being able to, you know, as soon as you finish a project, you're like, you're already better at the end of it. Yeah. You know, just through the through the act of doing it and finishing it. Well, how much have you learned about what you want Didi Walker to be based off of the release of those songs? Yeah, I mean I I I kind of learned what the project was through it. I learned what the songs were about yeah. by finishing. I mm-hmm. I never know what the songs are about during. It's like I know I know there's a narrative, I know there's a story arc, but like the life you live around the recording of it and what happens through it. And then you look back two months later and it's, I don't know, it's kind of a lot of it's like kind of foretelling of where you're going to be in a couple months from then a mm-hmm. year from then where your life is going. Honestly, it, it's just like, I think there's the subconscious stuff that's happening that comes out in the music. Um, yeah. It, it, you know more than you realize you do about where your life is, <laughs> I think. And then you get past it and you look back and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. My song knew it before I did. Or you do mushrooms and you go like, oh, this is this is what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And there was some of that, too. <laughs> but um, but I think, yeah, I think after, you know, now what I know, you know, I just I, I know what the. I think by completing it, you know where it needs to go next. If you, you know, trust in and where you've been and where you're going. That yeah, sounds super cliche, but it's you know, I just, I feel like your, where your gut sends you is, if you're if you're actually listening to your, mm-hmm. to what the music's doing and telling you. Yeah. Um, kind of leads it leads itself. Yeah. Um, and whether you get you know millions and millions of plays off of it that's you know not here or there i don't think i think um if if your music is going to hit and it's 
it has integrity and it's real and it's honest and you're honoring like you know that where you've come from um you know and what what music you grew up with mm-hmm. and if you're like you know kind of if you're representing the music that you know put you where you are i think um you know i think i lost my train of thought because the dog's <laughs> here but but um, just, i hope i didn't pick we didn't pick up all the uh construction noise that was just happening outside oh yeah that's okay because i I, my I definitely started open. trailing off at the end there maybe because of the construction <laughs> yeah scenes, but well, and there's like a weird like it almost sounds like there's a humidifier like going on or in a my, bubbler yeah Maybe my roommate upstairs just like smoking a massive bong, but crazy Could be. sound. Yeah. Um, maybe I should shut that window. I'm gonna yeah. shut this window. No, that's all good. Certain days when I'm trying to record in here, like cut vocals or something, and like that's going on. Oh, dude, oh, God the damn. worst. Yeah, <laughs> there are a couple times doing the the EP that there'd be helicopters. Oh yeah. And like, damn. Yeah. It's no good. But um. But yeah, I think I think I think what you're talking about is like uh, the the core of it sounds to me like well, what I agree on is is if you're trying if you're just trying to be honest with yourself and create something that is, you feel like is true and honest and is is uninhibited by trying to make something just for people to like outside of yourself. Yeah. Um then no matter what it's going to be something that will hopefully be welcomed by like the art community and and i've like i i struggle with the idea of like who the fuck am i like i'm gonna we're gonna write music and expect people are gonna like it like why does anyone want to hear my perspective right right. like how how much of an asshole am i what kind of ego do i have (laughs) thinking that i can do this but then there's the other thing you know that i've heard other people say where it's like you're not an asshole if you're creating art that uh is true to you yeah and like if you're a fan of art then then participate sure. get involved because if you if you're participating you're moving you're moving it forward yeah even if you just inspire like a fucking one kid yeah you know it's yeah. it's still it's a worthy endeavor yeah totally agree and i think <clears throat> uh you know with this project i i i try and strike a balance between you know, you know, being honest with myself and trying to trying to add something and trying to get put something out there that's not there. Put something out there that's in not conjunction there. with what's happening in the musical landscape. Mm-hmm. I I am always aware of what else is ha- what else is out there, what else is going on. What, what else is out there? But it's not about like for me. It's about like where's where's the void? What music am I not hearing? Um, yeah. And what, like a businessman being like, what does this neighborhood need? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm totally gentrifying my <laughs> sector of music or whatever. I just, yeah, you know, in a sense, it's just, I'm trying to figure out where I can maintain myself in, in the greater yeah. landscape. And, and, you know, you know, I think at large people don't know what they want to hear they they hear something and it connects on a on a gut level or not i mean so so yeah i think you know i think your original question was um what this last what this first ep is like taught me about where it needs to go and i think 
um, you know, trying to trying to get the the new wave and kind of up tempo, um, you know, guitar music thing, uh, feeling kind of like where music is headed and mm. and paying homage to you know my influences, but also um, taking that into new places that haven't been explored and and you know whether it's a production thing or like arrangement stuff and you know uh, a lyric or something that's not talked about as much you know yeah um it's all there's all like always a you know a romantic drive Mm -hmm. behind the music there's always like a you know but it's also like you know driven by like you know city living there's always like kind of like a fast pace that's why the tempos are generally up yeah Um, so yeah, you write to your environment. Speed. Yeah, for sure. You live in New York City. <laughs> yeah, somehow. <laughs> um, and once you launch this record, do you think that'll change your approach to playing with other people? Because like, I feel like once you put out your first record, if you're trying to really do it the right way yeah. and have it be your thing, you you get them. You start the machine running. Right. And once that machine's mm-hmm. up and running, to hey no no. No. Well, I'll edit that out, but she can't eat this fucking chair. This is my favorite chair. She's, Look what she's she going at it. Yeah. She did that Damn. like three months ago, and I came home, and it like it's such a bummer because I couldn't catch her doing it. Mm. And if you don't catch them doing They'll it, they'll do it again. They don't know it's bad. Yeah. Ah, oh, it sucks, man. Can you refinish it? Well, I'd have to sand it down. She's gonna fucking do it again. Mm-mm. I'd have to sand it down and then refinish the whole thing. Right. But I'm just not going to do that for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's an old chair. Sure. It was was my friend Isaac's, uh, it was Isaac's wife's, like, uncle's chair in the 60s. Wow. And then, like, they were, like, changing up their house, and I was like, I'll I'll, I'll buy it. Please give me a chair. Yeah, it's a dope chair. Um, thank you. Gotcha. (laughs) Uh, What were we talking about? Um, So she bit the, oh, yeah, once you get the machine up and running, it's, oh, it, you, you, you can't really depending on how you want it you know if you want to be like if dd walker is going to be a band that's touring and right. it's like making now you're making records every year and a half every two re- years you know what i mean if, right. if that's your goal yeah then all of a sudden you really limit yourself to that thing and yeah. That, yeah that to me has been like a slightly scary thing in terms of like the nona record because sure in my mind if i if i'm able to put it out the way that i want to put it out yeah then it's like, well, shit. I'm kind of married to this. If I want to, if I'm gonna like, if I'm gonna back up what you're I'm trying full to do steam here, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I totally feel that. I my hope is that, <clears throat> you know, who I'm playing with, that's not Dee Dee Walker, that it's off cycle. Yeah, that's best case for best of both worlds. Um, if you know, if the you know, the goal is to write songs that connect to, you know, everyone, you know, it just with, without, without going so down the line that it, that you can't distinguish it from another band, you Mm -hmm. know, that it sounds like Dee Dee Walker and still connecting with with tons of of people. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a point where obviously you, you, you give, you give back to what the demand is. Yeah. And I think the benefit of yeah, putting if, songs out online is like, 
you can continue to do that for a while and build a fan base mm. before you tour. And, you know, you go out to the shows now, like, you know, uh, 21 Pilots or the 1975 and, like, you know, even, like, Travis Scott or somebody. These shows are productions. They're huge. Yeah. And so even, like, you know, even getting a few, th- you know, you know, a couple, like, a 100,000, you know, fans or followers or whatever across the world, it's like you you know what you need to put on a show that's like really changing people's lives which you yeah. know you know it sounds lofty and bloated but like that's what music can do i can't yeah. say the number of can't count the number of times that i mean music I think, has changed my life yeah. you know my life and like shaped me as a person it sounds crazy but i don't think i think you're not i don't think you're a smart businessman and i don't think you're uh you're giving giving yourself maybe it's not credit but like i think it's stupid to to try to do something that you want to make work and not and you're not thinking of like the end goal being like one of the most important bands that have ever been right and not that like not that you need the ego of thinking that you are that now right but same with a small business if you're not aiming extremely high yeah you're gonna miss so many opportunities because you're, yeah. you're you're just looking right in front of you instead of down the line yeah and even if even if you're destined to be doing club tours your fans aren't going to appreciate you treating them like they're just a club full of fans oh, yeah. you know what i mean it, it it behooves you to act like you're running for president you know like, yeah, like you're trying right. to fucking yeah. win yeah while being decent to people and not terrible. Yeah, well, yeah, not grabbing <laughs> them by the uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you know I, you, what came to mind in terms of the club gig was actually, and this, this is not the first time I've brought this up in this kind of conversation, is uh the movie Purple Rain, mm-hmm. um, where what first Av is around two thousand. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's like a first half's event, like legendary venue in Minneapolis. Right. And Prince has a parking spot still dedicated to him in like the loading zone. And it just has. It'll it just, never go away. Does it just say Prince like in purple Probably. on it or something? There's something like that. There. I haven't seen it, but that sounds amazing. Last time I was there, I was like, "You guys gonna?" They're like, "Yeah, this this is here now." Yeah. Because did he own it? Is it his venue? He might have bought it at some point. Yeah. I mean, that would totally make sense. Mm. I mean, but you know, you think about you think about that movie, and obviously that's kind of like. <clears throat> You look at a movie like that, and it is, uh, you know, we were talking before about like uh, where the major motion pictures about music for musicians, mm-hmm. where like you have um, the Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga movie that's like, you know, certain things are, you know, yes, a little like gloss, it, a little bit glossier, and yeah. kind of not quite exactly what you see when you are on tour or whatever. Yeah. And it's close, but in certain regards, it's not. And you then you have a movie like Purple Rain where it's like kind of the inverse. It's like everything blown out and kind of like caricaturized in in a certain way about what what it looks like through the lens of a musician. It's like yeah. there's a, the drama and there's like, you know, the, you know, there's a, there's a story arc going on outside of the stage, but it's on stage and, you know, everything's, everything gets sucked into the the performance and it's like, and then you see the performances in these movies and they're just like, it might as well be an arena. It looks, you know, it's, it's a club. It's like, you know, standard lighting and, you know, Mm. smoke effects, et cetera. But 
the show they're putting on there is is um you know it's the, it's theater but it's still so musical and so technical mm. and you know you look at a 2000 cap venue like that that's where that entire movie was shot and you know that's how you treat an audience you know obviously prince is a good measure of how you yeah. <laughs> treat an audience like you, well, and I think you deserve the best yeah. show in the world i feel like around 2000 is also when you start trying to give the same show you'd give to like a stadium yeah. and not that you would give like a worse show to a smaller room but you just play to the room differently yeah but like there's an anonymity that comes with a certain size totally that i think you like start blanketly like treating the crowd like sure. it's a blob rather yeah. than like a club full of people and it's a funny thing uh I, I, I am always more comfortable with the larger venues. There's never a show that I play now if it's a smaller club where I'm where I'm more comfortable. Yeah. You know, when, well think about this, like the smaller the club, yeah, the higher per capita um the higher percentage of people there that are like extreme music fans. Um yeah. and that and have like probably more dense knowledge. And the bigger the room the much smaller percentage of people there that really know what they're talking about yeah. and really know what to look for and could notice a mistake because you, you start accessing the the like the lower and lower barrier of entry True. like fans. Yeah. Um, which is funny because you know, the larger the venues get not to say that, that like people at a massive show are stupid or something. No, it's no, just no, but different it, than a club going fan. Well, I think it speaks to if you're able to fill that room, it means you're, your music's common denominator uh, is broader. It just means yeah. the more people and those percentages and ratios change in terms yeah. of what people are looking for. It's like, and that's that's I think the the line that uh, you know as a as a pop artist versus versus like a pop entertainer, you know you are looking for that medium and balance between like, you know. You know, integrity and and playing to pop artist and intellectualism, versus, pop artist versus pop entertainer. I guess entertainer both in music. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think entertainer being more on the like uh, a boy band's put together, you know, and constructed and songs written for them. Yeah. And versus an artist who's trying to communicate um, an yeah. original. Thought, yeah. Maybe. There's I, so many I'm, fine lines. I was trying to I was trying to come up with this the other day of like yeah. who who can you point to that seems to be active today that's like a pop star that you don't see a ton of depth in when you actually look behind the curtain. Right. And surprisingly, it's lower than you'd think. Yeah, yeah. And to me, the only person I could come up that feels like a good example of it is Katy Perry. Where the and, depth is is lower. Well, just because like, and I and honestly, I could be so out of my element here, but I, I just have never seen anything where I'm like, oh, she seems really not that I think she's lame, but yeah. where I was like, oh, she seems like a real like diehard music fan. I just don't right. know anything about her. She's just yeah. a face to like pop songs, yeah. versus like you look into Rihanna and you're like, she's actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, even like Miley Cyrus, is like is she made records with Wayne Coyne? It's yeah. like weird stuff That's like a that. Prime example. I there's think a lot. Of... There's a lot of people that like when you look behind the curtain, it's like, well. You would, if you're just looking from a distance, it's like, oh, pop star. But when you get a little bit closer, you're like, they're, they're working hard. They're yeah. like, they're, they're not just like, oh, I just opened the door to Capitol Records. And they were like, you want to be famous? And I said, yes. You yeah, know? yeah, for sure. It doesn't, they're all hardworking people for yeah, the most part. Yeah, I think. I'm not even saying Katy Perry's not no, hardworking. No, I think you're right. She just I doesn't mean, come across to me as an artist versus an entertainer. Well, I, uh, the Katy Perry thing's a funny one because I, 
you know, I think some of like because I know her and her and her solo records are awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I think when you look at an artist across records, you follow a thread, um, uh, a you know, a thread of logic, and it's like you're 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 teaching you're teaching your fan base and the audience, um, you know, who you are and what to expect, and you mm-hmm. you can you can hold their hands and walk them through these drastic left turns that they can accept because of certain hints towards that mm-hmm. along the way, whether it's in the music, uh, stylistic change, you know, whatever it is, you look at a, at a Bowie or a Prince, like their music guides you through those phases. Maybe Prince had his, you know, nineties less so, and maybe Bowie, not again, nineties, a little less so, but like, yeah, you have that, like, like walking. Bowie's put out a lot of records and yeah. like, I don't even know all of them. I haven't gone through all of them. But what I do know is that like the stuff that I love is so far and beyond like better than almost anything out there. Yeah. And then there's other stuff where I'm like, I don't really, I don't really like this, but the stuff that's great is unbelievably good. Unrivaled. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that what I, what I find with an artist like Katy Perry is that I can't follow uh, the underlying thread. I, I see the yeah, surface thread of... Yeah, I don't know who she of, is outside of just, like, the singles. Like, the yeah. singles are the only thing that define her. There was a... I and think, they're not written by her, so it's right. not like... I don't know who she is as an artist I, at all. I think when she did... She did the song called Dark Horse. I think that's the name of the song. I'm pretty sure. But it was such a turn from the record before, and I that was kind of... I don't know. I just... It, there was no hand-holding or kind of mm-hmm. thread to lead me there. And I think, um, even with on the flip side of that, I look at, at Beyonce, mm-hmm. you know, she put out her self titled after she put out, uh, the record before that. Um, I'm going to block on it, but her self titled was a, a clear indicator of lemonade to me. I felt like it, like it, it was like the stepping stone to lemonade. Yeah. I felt like this is, her self-titled, this is her stepping into her own. She's titled it herself. And then Lemonade is a progression stepping forward aesthetically, artistically, just like on every front. Kind Lemonade's of, kind of awesome, man. I mean, I, I love Lemonade. I was never like, I I still don't say like I'm a Beyonce fan just because I, I don't it's not that I'm not a Beyonce fan. Yeah. I just like, there's lots of people I like that I don't like put that as an accolade of like, I'm a fan of yeah. them. Yeah. But, uh, I'm the same my, way. My my friend's girlfriend made me watch the whole video. And the production's unbelievable. Unreal. And you look at it and she really was like the the love was spread around a lot. You'll see like eleven writers on a song. Yep. Which you could look at that and be like, that's ridiculous. And then the other way you could look at it is like I she's not trying to take a bunch of credit. She's just spreading the love to like all the people yep. that were involved to it. Well, the song you covered. Hold up. Hold up. Father uh, Jay Tillman wrote on that one. Yeah. And I didn't know that till after I covered it. Wow. And then I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Because like, I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah. And then she gave credit to a line that she adjusted. She oh, gave yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, 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 yes credit, which I actually... It was so close, but she probably could have gotten away with it. She could have gotten... But it was like, no, I'm, I'm, I, it's technically sampled, I think, in the song is how they gave it credit. And honestly, like, you know, it's it's... Wait, they well, don't love you like I love you. Well, and what's it's like, hers? wait, they don't love you like I yeah. love you. It's like, hers is, hold up, they, they don't, don't love you like, like I love you. It's a totally different melody. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's has, so, an, it has a it's, similar arc. It's a lift. It's like almost the same lyrics with almost the same like descending yeah. line. But, but, you know, like she 
she flipped a couple of the motifs, yeah. you know, backwards. And I think she probably could have gotten away with she, it. <laughs> she t- a million percent could have gotten away with it. And she, but there, her and um, uh, Jay Z, right? Uh, what? <laughs> Jay Z, Jay Z's her, her husband. husband, right? Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I'm not. I'm like, yeah, her and Kanye are like. <laughs> yeah, like no, I don't. I'm think gonna they edit have, this to make I, me sound cooler. Yeah, uh, I don't think they have as close a relationship as her and Jay Z. Yeah. Well, but okay. So, but her and Jay Z are like, I saw them side stage at a Grizzly Bear show. Oh, and it's yeah. like, and like they they seem to like love indie rock like they they, she's probably a big fan of the yeah 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 he you know? put he put the dirty projectors on one of the made in america fests in um oh like, really yeah yeah they they like go to all those cool like i remember at coachella in like 2011 or no, 2009 yeah when i was like just graduating high school that was back when i like wanted to go to that festival right and I saw them side stage at like all my favorite bands totally like, what? we have the same taste in music yeah what are your plans for all this new music for D.D. Walker? You're putting together an album? Yeah, I and and the way the way I'm looking at it is, uh, you know, I'm writing them as singles. I'm such a fan of the long form. I've always been a fan of not the concept album, I guess that's what people would call it, but something like Marvin Gaye's What's Going On or, mm-hmm. you know, like uh you know, like obviously Dark Side of the Moon is a concept record. It's a front to back listen. Yeah. The way I'm writing this material right now is far more like in the Motown vein of singles driven. Single oriented. Yeah. Single with a B side. I'm kind of like writing, I'm doing like pairs right now. Okay. So there's a single and then there's something that kind of marries that, you know, shows a different side of that vibe. Hmm. But, um, you know, a lot of it is is kind of storytelling like you know the first the first EP definitely was written for someone and about you know a connection specifically and um you know there's a lot of life lived from the inception of those songs to the completion during that connection and then you know that connection changing and kind of where where you end up after a connection ending so this is like it is kind of continuing a narrative in a way, but mm-hmm. in single form. So it's not a concept record. It's just kind of like, you know, experiencing life through the lens of like a connection and then kind of doing a, doing kind of a, a wide pan. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this music is. It's like that being the kind of starting point, the project kind of being sparked by a connection. And then this new stuff kind of panning out from that, at its end and kind of looking forward into just the ecosystem that was built from that and how it grows out, Mm. which is, you know, definitely as a parallel to, you know, the real life experiences and and what goes into it. But, um, it's also kind of, there's the expansion of that, of that soundscape and, and what, you know, the palette and parameters that go into that. And, you know, the singles based thing is just, you know, that's the way I know a lot of people listen to music and, I think, um, to me, you know, the long form album, like the full record is like, like, a uh, there's something kind of sacred and, and important about, you know, totally. a full album that you listen to front to back. And I yeah. think it demands built, a certain yeah. amount of respect. Yeah. And I think it, especially now you want to be in a certain place when you do it, that, that people, that there are enough people ready for it mm-hmm. and there are enough people on board to take it on and that want it. Yeah. And so I think writing in the single 
and you know a b-side format you know again like like motown and some of those you know early pop records were doing you know the radio almost the radio format but now you have it kind of funneling into spotify's culture that that kind of single based thing are you saying you want to release them like as singles and then bundle them together you mean or like i think i think the benefit of doing the single vibe um it allows you to see what what is being what you're what people are connecting with and it Mm -hmm. gives you as the artist the the choice to say you know this song didn't connect but i still think it mm. belo- it has a place on the record and it has a place to connect to more people in a larger body of work that may have other songs that do connect so yeah I think, like you know it exists well in context to the other songs on an album rather than a single yeah, yeah. Um, and i think you know in looking in looking forward at this music you know the first ep that came out again was very like it was re- like my my big influences being kind of like the new wave kind of late seventies New York kind of mm-hmm. post kind of early punk stuff moving into like, you know, police talking heads, um, you know, and then larger scale bands in the early eighties, like, you know, the tears for fears, the purple rains and like all yeah. that stuff there, there is like, there's a nod to that. And I think with this new stuff, you know, there's a continued exploration of like what's, you know, some motifs and aesthetics that um, that can be covered there. Um, but you know what 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 that can sound like, kind of moving into the future and moving, uh, you know, in the kind of a now mm. framework, and you know, just like even imagining like what what like you know if the police had stayed together and not broken off in a sting stuff Mm -hmm. like how they might have kind of gone into sonically developed yeah like you know they they were doing that reggae thing in the beginning and kind of riffing on that but like they never really got into like dub reggae you know and like they never like pushed into you know some of the the kind of more i guess you know like lee scratch perry or or um you know, there are just certain things that I think haven't been covered in those new wave groups now and hmm. not locking, not landlocking the project into that genre by any means. But yeah, I definitely think there are things that aren't being explored now, yeah. you know, without it kind of being overtly 80s based, but being, you know, trying to reimagine some of those ideas and what music and guitars can sound like in a modern landscape that that sounds kind of that goes a little bit deeper than what some riff rock stuff can do yeah you know do you have a timeline for this stuff um yeah i think i think i think april's probably going to be the the first big single of the year you know malibu was the first one came out in this past you know this past summer and then that had its kind of paired songs um mm-hmm. at the top of this year and i think april will be kind of the 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 jump and start of this next kind of yeah. chapter of the of the story well i'm gonna make you send me some of this stuff <laughs> oh yeah i mean uh, you should you should play on it <laughs> <laughs> i would like to cool um 
And then one thing I do want to know that we all want to know, what is D.D. Walker? Uh, that's a really good question. A lot of good, heavy, hard-hitting <laughs> investigative journalism here. <laughs> like, what is the band name? Yeah. Um, I guess there are a lot of meanings behind the group. Um, if you Google it, it's, I think it's the name of a naval vessel from back in the day. Like the USS D.D. Walker? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, but it sounds like a name. It, it yeah. And like I, a writer's name or yeah, something. Yeah, and I wanted, I wanted the ambiguity of yeah. a project that could sound like a solo artist, like a bedroom R&B yeah. thing. It could sound like, you know, a late New York Seven, late 70s New York yeah. artist you know um, I, I wanted it to feel like it was a, like it but, was a definitely a New yeah. York name but, and it's, but it's it's like it's just like an alt, maybe not an alter ego but it's a name that you just liked and felt like like aesthetically fit the vibe yeah I kept I kept thinking about these names that I, there was so much thinking going into it and so much thought and I knew I didn't want to use my own name. Mm. Um, I've never liked my last name for whatever reason. <laughs> I, I don't. Um, I don't. Most of the time, I just don't like it when it's like a person's name, of a name person. unless they have an amazing name. And I think it like Kurt Vile, right? But because Kurt Vile is a fucking badass epic name. name, yeah. But like, yeah, I wouldn't want to be like Michael Goldman, <laughs> right? <you're laughs> just right. like, yeah, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. He's a guy, and yeah. I think that's the. I think that's. I wanted something that was androgynous too, because mm-hmm. I, I'm like always exploring like what the falsetto and you mm-hmm. know where like could like a non-binary person be singing this honestly mm-hmm. like because my voice tends to be kind of up there mm-hmm. and kind of you know airy and you know et cetera. But um, you know I wanted that that fluidity in terms of narrative stuff and then. I wanted a name that that wasn't mine that I could step into and kind of add to, you know, the magic trick that is, yeah, you know, creating the world around the artist and the music and mm. having something that was like so removed that it's free of, you know, any anything that I'm linked to in in the real world because mm. I think music can go so much further than the real world and it, you know, can bring people into that. I also walk around a ton in New York City, and so I just I think in walking, I was just like Star Wars fan, and like Walker just felt like a really strong. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah, and just kind of like it's just what it's part of, like how I kind of it's kind of like the engine to thinking of where a song or developing any sort of vibe is like it. It's kind of like it's revving the engine when I walk around. I don't know what that is, but being yeah. in motion. Um, and yeah, it's just uh, it's like you know on the on the walk the moon tour, half the crew was definitely would call me Didi. It's just kind of almost become like a nickname. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, so like, hey, Didi, like you know, mm-hmm. I I perk up to that. So, and it feels comfortable. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a total reach. It doesn't feel like you know, it it just feels like a a name that's part of my yeah. you know realm at this point. So part of me wants to like does want to tell a 
a different story for the the name behind it every time. I will say though, um, the only thing wrong with that is Ten. how many people have done it. Yes, because that's like the that's like the class like almost every band I've been in. It's like let's come up with a different a story one. every yeah. time. Like that'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, and the thing is, like it's funny if you're in on the joke, but right. for everyone else that's not in on the joke, it's like wit. They're like. So are you lying to me? Or right. Like I yeah. was actually curious, and I've talked to like, uh, like radio uh, programmers and interviewers. Yeah. That are like, I don't remember when. Especially I remember I was in Seattle and I was talking to one guy on like the old station there, and he was like, "Yeah, man, we had TV on the radio in here. I was a huge fan." And I, they just like messed around with like every question. They didn't answer uh, them straight. They were just yeah. like they were just treating it like it was meaningless to even be talking to me. Right. And like, they he probably doesn't spin them as much now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and things yeah. like that. No, that's I was a like, good point. They, sometimes people feel like it's they've been disrespected when they don't feel like you give them the answer. At the same time, totally. If like if you were to say like yeah, but fuck them, I'd be like, yeah, sure, all right, <laughs> right. About that too. <laughs> yeah, fuck them too. I yeah. like because it's whatever you want to make out of it. Right. But I do know that there is that. Uh, is a response that I've heard people sure. having to those kinds. Well, of things. it's funny because the, you know, what I told you was the the real. Yeah, that would have been a, a really funny fake story. A, yeah, that's a really <laughs> elaborate and detailed, heartfelt fake story. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like. Also, it's funny, like if it it has like this. Oh man, it's like is it's it was my grandmother's name, or whatever, and you're like, <laughs> no, it just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Know? Right. Right. You know, I've heard, like, when I describe that story, I've definitely heard people, like, tell me, like, yeah, you need a better origin story for that name. Yeah. Which is, uh, which... Well, a media, um, what are they called? Like, a media consultant would be like, okay, get that down to 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, um, And I, you know, all for, I would for, say... For your one-minute radio interviews. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to... Uh, maybe you could cut that down in a yeah I'll, I'll send it to you I'll... yeah then I'll, I'll just rehearse that yeah helping me out man yeah <laughs> I love it <laughs> cool um well cool yeah I, I was imagining like a walker that old people use to walk with yes and then like that's the yeah. brand name the DD walker the DD walker <laughs> yeah well it's funny you um, should sell those at your shows from merchandise oh my goodness yeah maybe Target maybe the, this the throwback thing is gonna bring that crowd yeah the old the the geriatrics yeah they're retired uh -huh. yeah yeah um it's funny the the dolby sound logo i kind of wanted to rip that off for like some merch stuff the oh yeah dd it's dangerous though i know get getting some shit for that it's one of those things too though where it's like it's only dangerous when it's big enough where they notice it yeah and then you're like, oh, i'm screwed now but i'm only screwed because i'm doing well right yeah for sure i also wanted to do um the I love New York one and just replace it with the DD, but it's a I little, love on, it's a little on the nose in terms of like, I'm from New York. Yeah. It's a little much, but I did want to do that. I can't lie that that didn't cross my mind. I'm not going to yeah. do that. It's huh. too much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> um, well, we actually have to get to a show. We do. So we're going to have to cut this off. Who are we seeing? Um, I don't even remember the name. Jack and Abe. It's at Zebulon. It's at Zebulon, yeah. Which is in LA. Um, yeah, I don't know the name. I don't either. Here, they're good though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I do the intro for this, I'll maybe I'll probably forget, but you we'll know. do our research. Yeah, you guys can figure it out on your own. 
Um, but thanks for coming and talking to me, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, Always a pleasure hanging. And uh, for the rest of you, go check out D.D. Walker's stuff. Uh, his single from last year, Malibu, is tremendous. And uh, you don't have to trust me on it because a lot of people also agreed and posted about it. So Thank you. Um, but you'll see for yourself. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, dude. See ya. Later. Later.